Please be seated. I'm going to share with you a few memories of worshiping communities that I've been a part of over my lifetime. As a teenager growing up in New Orleans, I was surrounded by good music and good food and lots of old stories and families, generations upon generations, living on the same block with one another. One of the things about the church that I grew up in, it was very much like St. Michael. There wasn't a lot of diversity, and it was just a regular right to congregation. It was very just normal. Well, I'd gone to summer camp, the Episcopal diocesan summer camp, and my priest for the week was Father Curtis Sisko, and he was the priest of the Black Episcopal Church in uh, the central city of New Orleans on North Durgenois, and it was, I fell in love with him. He was just magnificent and unfortunately has died. God rest his soul, but I fell in love with him and I was 14. And so I told my mom, we have to go to Father Curtis's church. And so we went and it was the first time I'd ever experienced a black church. The music, the joy, the Holy Spirit, everything just about it just fed your soul. And so we went back on occasion and more and more, my mom started pledging there and at St. Paul's, and it was just that we were getting fed from all different places. That was that first kind of experience of seeing the Holy Spirit in action in the pew. And then I went off to Canuga in Hendersonville, North Carolina, Episcopal Conference Center. I preached about it before. And the program for high schoolers between Christmas and New Year's, winter light on New Year's Eve, Everybody gets dressed up, puts their finest clothes on, we have a fancy dinner, and then our closing Eucharist in the chapel. And the chapel is a little bit bigger than our chapel here. But, and of course that congregation is not very diverse either, but it's filled with life because it's young people who know they are loved because they are made in the image of God and that they are accepted fully for who they are. And that chapel is so filled with life that it's bursting at the seams and it literally moves when those youth sing and dance and pray. The peace takes a long time in that service because everybody wants to hug one another and share God's love. That's the second time I experienced that. And then the third time was when I was in South Africa as a seminarian and had gone to work with women and children who were HIV positive. And the family that I lived with was colored. And in South Africa, there is white and there is colored and there is black. And colored is the skin tone of someone who might be from India. And so I was living with them and their community, Episcopal Anglican Church, their neighborhood church we went to. And the thing about that church, well, that's the first time I really worshipped in a community where I was the mi in the minority. I didn't look like everybody else. But there was nothing in the pews in front of us. There were no books, no prayer books, no hymnals. The books you prayed with you owned. You had your own prayer book and you brought it with you every single time you came to church. You had your own hymnal or you knew the hymns by heart. 
because it was so much a part of you. You owned your faith and you brought it with you wherever you went. And so being the outsider in that situation, and there's no books to pick up. You don't get one from a, a cart and borrow it for the day. You have to share with somebody else. You have to get outside of your comfort zone and ask, can I look on with you? Can I look over your shoulder? Can you help? But in that moment of reaching out and asking for help to share with one another, we are sharing our faith and praising God together. And it was very interesting because what we imagine in our stained glass windows of uh, a pale-skinned Jesus, they had big, strong, black Jesus, a man in which you could see walked the earth. And in the stories we hear in the gospel, how he walked from place to place, you knew that the sun had cast upon him and his skin had been darkened, and you knew his muscles were big and strong because of the physicality of just being who he was in that time. And then the final congregation that I'm going to share about with you this morning was the church that I served in Michigan, Christ Church, Grosse Point. Christ Church, very much like St. Michael, not a lot of diversity. But on one day in October, when we have blessing of the animals, well, it is quite diverse. Our service is combined to a 10 o'clock service. We move outdoors and everybody comes with their furry friends or scaly friends or their big horses from the hunt club and everybody worships together. It's like the peaceable kingdom from Isaiah. And you would think that the dogs and the cats, they would be growling and hissing and all this kind of stuff. But that doesn't happen. There is a joyful noise, a murmur that happens and their noises become song and they help lift the community in joy. And as communion is being passed to humans, milk bones and cat treats are being passed to the cats and dogs as they walk with their owners up to communion. And so from the things that might scare us, like tarantulas and lizards and snakes, all the way to horses and humans in between, we gather together. And so our story from Revelation, as you remember, is a vision given to John. And the vision today was that the kingdom of God was filled with everything and everybody all at once. And so imagine if those four congregations that I just talked about, the black church in New Orleans, the chapel filled with high school youth, the community from South Africa, those that owned their faith and brought it with them every time, and then that blessing of animals with all of the creatures. All four of those congregations joined us in here right now. It would be chaotic. There'd be a cacophony of noise. There would be smells and wonderful things going on. It would push us out of our comfort zone. But that is what the kingdom of God is to be. 
We miss that when, we, when we're just ourselves, when we don't look to invite the other and see that we need all of it. We need all of it. We need all of us and those who have not yet come through our doors to create that kingdom of God. In the reading, it said that myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands gathered together to say in one voice, all together, worthy is the lamb that was slaughtered to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And that vision of God comes when we are all here. And yet, we don't have to do anything to, to be worthy of those words, to be worthy of that presence. Writer Rachel Heald Evans, a fellow Episcopalian, she died yesterday at the age of 37. And it's hard because she was a young woman right in her prime, and she had been in uh, the conservative evangelical church. That's where she grew up. And because of doubt and her faith and trying to understand what this God is all about, she eventually came to the Episcopal Church where that doubt was accepted and the questions were maybe not always answered, but at least entertained. And she had this unfortunate uh, infection that her body just could not control. And so she died yesterday, leaving two small children and a husband. But she wrote about the kingdom of God in her book, Searching for Sunday. This is what God's kingdom is like. A bunch of outcasts and oddballs gathered at a table, not because they are rich or worthy or good, but because they are hungry because they said yes. Friends, we gather here because we said yes. We gather here because we raise our hands together and we wait for God to fill them. First with the bread and the cup, but with his love to share with those we meet each and every day. The disciples said yes when Jesus said, follow me, at the end of today's gospel. They didn't understand why. They just knew that they were supposed to. As we look to what the kingdom of God is to be in our lives, seek and search those who are different. Seek and search those who add joy and spirit and love to your life. Seek that which can be chaotic and noisy and smelly, but also fruitful and holy. And not just holy, H-O-L-Y, but holy, W-H-O-L-Y. That fullness in our life. May you come hungry, and may you also say yes. Amen.